0: Happy Friday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And Jim, for the 100th time, I'm
1: Hal Brian, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. 100 episodes.
0: Yeah. I
1: cannot believe it.
0: We should do them over again just to make
1: sure we got it all right. We really should. I, I'm still threatening, you know, the uh, the Rocketeer half minute someday. And do this movie thirty seconds at a time.
0: Let's just pencil that in for the the near future as we get yeah. through the the final nine. Exactly. And, uh, we're we're actually, you know, this is the stunning conclusion. We're not we're, well. There's a lot of conclusions, but this is one of the bigger ones here. Uh, there our heroes and our, our two heroes are at their most dire. Uh, we're watching. Well, we just we just finished watching. Poor Neville meet his fiery end. I don't know if it's poor Neville, but Neville met his fiery end. Exactly, and, 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 and fitting.
1: He left his mark literally on on Hollywood. Yeah, or at least he, the yeah. land part. Yes, uh, exactly. That we're, you know, the the development formerly known as Hollywood Land is now just Hollywood yet yeah. again. About uh, what did we say? Last was about eleven years early, but that's okay. Yeah,
0: but well, hooray for them. Uh, I, <laughs>
1: That's screwy ballyhooey Hollywood.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and we're just watching the slow descent. It actually is a very nice descent. I think that the if if it weren't in flames, it looks like the uh, uh, the zeppelin would have just kind of gently rode itself to the ground and and comp, You know, he, they could have just slid off the sides. I guess. Right. Yeah. Very well. Very well could yeah. have. It's not a steep
1: steep descent, and it's. It's interesting. I, I wonder about uh, you know. We see footage, of course, of the horrible Hindenburg disaster. It's moored, and it all happens fairly quickly. So I don't really get a sense, but it's interesting to me that uh, Zeppelin sort of is pitched down rather than just sort of steadily sinking, as you might expect. If there were if there were like a slow leak of hydrogen or something, it would just be wouldn't the nose wouldn't necessarily be pointed down. But as it's as it's cruising along, but who knows what uh, what state the controls are in after after yeah. so many people have been th- either knocked out or thrown out of the cockpit area yeah yeah out of that bouncing, control cab
0: bouncing off the tail probably, i i would think that the tail i mean i'm trying to figure out where the center of gravity on that thing would be i would think the tail is a rather large structure so i would think it would be kind of tail heavy i would um, i would think so as well although the engines
1: are are probably around the center of gravity and then you know you've got the the gondola structure it's not going to be especially heavy but it's also, you know, it's quite, a ways, it's quite a ways forward, so it might offset it a little bit. Um, but that's a good question. And it's when you're talking about something that's it's lighter than air, you know, it's you know, maintained at a sort of a neutral buoyancy. It's, I, I'm not sure exactly how one defines the center of gravity. I tend to think with airplanes, center of gravity in terms of its relationship to the center of lift, and that that's a different case here.
0: Yeah, it's um, and I'm sure it's maneuver, it's it's movable. I mean, they had they had ballast tanks and things. Sure. And I'm sure, they could yeah. they could adjust the trim as much as you would adjust. Well, instead of adjusting the ailerons and things like that, you'd adjust the uh, the weight that's right. distributed on the on mm-hmm. the big plane. These were all great questions. We should have asked Dan Grossman. We <laughs> <You> can always <laughs> so, so knowledgeable about that. We'll, we'll do um, a, we'll do a whole zeppelin uh, zeppelin series.
1: You know, talking about adjusting center of gravity. As a quick aside, uh, we did talk with Dan about comparing sort of the. In the 30s, a Hindenburg Crossing versus the 70s through the early 2000s uh, being sort of comparable to Concorde. Somewhat in terms of luxury, but more in terms of sort of high-end affordability and things like that. Concorde was, uh, you're talking about center of gravity. The flight engineer on Concorde, almost full-time job uh, for the entire flight was moving fuel fore and aft out of multiple fuel tanks. Because the center of gravity, as it got higher Mach numbers and burned off fuel, the center of gravity was changing pretty drastically. So there was constantly, constantly circulating fuel from this tank to that tank to move the CG backward and forward.
0: Yeah, you know, with those four heavy uh, uh, Olympus engines, I'm sure that they're, they're <laughs> it's, there's a lot of mass to deal with. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But so, in this uh, case,
0: we're, we're back on a we're on a we're on a lighter than air vehicle. So uh, right, uh, it's mostly just worrying about the uh, the enormous. Uh, I don't know what the pressure was. That's the other thing that I would have liked to have asked Dan Grossman is what the pressure was inside the uh, envelopes there, these these large envelopes. Oh, the gas uh, cells. Full of hydrogen, yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's a good, that is a good question. I wouldn't think it would be a very high pressure thing. Uh, Hydrogen is, you know, it's the smallest molecules and it's very lightweight. You lose, I may be wrong, but I think it's two grams lighter than air, than normal air at uh, sea level. So you wouldn't need that much to pick pick that ship up when you consider the the size of the Hindenburg. I mean, every right. time every time I look at size comparisons, it's like um, I think Dan's site had a had a picture of the Hindenburg and it kind of matched the size of the U.S. Capitol building. So that's a lot of volume. Yeah, um, yeah, it's
1: tremendous volume. There's uh, 16, 16 cells there of of, of gas, and the. Uh, the earlier Zeppelins used something a, a very sort of weirdly poetically named uh, piece of material called goldbeater's skin, Gold and I, i've i've lost uh, i've lost to memory the uh, the origin of that name. But it was basically sort of the uh, membrane from a cow intestine, and that's what mm. they used to keep the hydrogen or the uh, hydrogen in in these individual cells. Hindenburg Hint- was the first one to come along and use uh, use a cotton and gelatin mix. It was layers of cotton that were sealed to make I don't want to say airtight, but technically hydrogen tight. Uh, I, 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 I think more flexible, but but also I, I think just a little bit less gross.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm picturing Mister <laughs> Hindenburg sitting there over breakfast, going, "You know, if we filled one of these sausages hydrogen, <laughs> yes, yes. Which, I've got um, an idea." So. <laughs> started <laughs> building bacon and eggs uh, biplanes, and they made him go go home and stop playing with his food. Right. Uh, we watch; uh, there's sixteen, and they're numbered from the from the front to the back. So I guess every uh, judging that. Uh, that Cliff and Jenny seem to have come up uh, hatch number seven. I guess there's one hatch for every two, um, for every two of these uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, envelopes. So that's probably about uh, about
1: right. This does reinforce the idea that, that uh, I know can confuse some people, and we've been over it a little bit before. But you know, your typical uh, until very recently with the new Goodyear Zeppelins, but your typical Goodyear blimp that we've seen growing up is a single envelope. And you fill it with helium. And when you deflate it, it just collapses to the to the hangar floor like a balloon. Whereas the Zeppelin here has that rigid structure. and has 16 individual sort of bags of hydrogen inside. So you can go inside it. You can climb up through it. You know, I can remember some people seeing this movie and saying, well, as soon as you opened the hatch, all that hydrogen would leak out. And, you know, that's totally fake and everything else. It's actually quite accurate. You did have crewmen walking along the top of the Zeppelin doing inspections. You had them walking out to the engine car's. You know, working on them on site, all that kind of stuff.
0: I was kind of wondering about the uh, just from a German point of view. The the seven there, most of the sevens that I've ever seen in German literature and stuff usually have that bar through. The oh, line have the line through them.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting question. I always notice that in in. Uh, in handwriting, in fact, it's a habit I pick up from time to time somehow just because my my printed writing is so terrible. Anything I can do to help differentiate a seven from, say, a picture of a rabbit, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, will be better.
0: But, well, that's a good call. I wonder if that uh, – that... Well, I, I was looking – I was actually looking at old stamps from the North German Confederation, which was a part of German history. And there are stamps which are seven-mark stamps. Uh, okay. They have regular the seven looks pretty much like the seven that you see on that hatch, which uh, if if memory serves, I can't remember who told us about this, but that was painted by Dave Stevens. That particular number, he was a set he that's decided right. to fill in his idle hours by filling in, you know, doing some artwork on. He was an onset painter, not not credited in the credits uh, as we'll see next week, but uh, but that's yeah, a little piece of uh, Dave Stevens' handiwork. That's very very cool.
1: You know, we we uh, even though we're uh, we're obsessing over the vehicles and things I guess we we have to acknowledge a pivotal moment in this with uh and that's that's Jenny telling Cliff that she loves him and then with the embrace and the kiss when they don't think they're going to make it but he still doesn't say it back
0: yeah he's you know? uh he's not not quite there yet he's and there. what does it take you know, yeah. what,
1: what, you're on top <laughs> well, of an yeah, exploding yeah, zeppelin this is yeah, you Clifford. know You've uh, you, you've worked together and killed the villain and uh, yes you're you going know.
0: all Flora Maxwell
1: on me here That's <laughs> <like it's
0: laughs> exactly
1: or no point in dating nobody after that especially yeah. after the Zeppelin blew up
0: <laughs> so yeah I, I, you know I'm I'm sorry that Billy isn't on today because I just wondered how many takes was this yeah I would I would like to sit him down and say look what's wrong with you yes. <laughs> Are you that you
1: know? You're you're more yeah. scared of commitment than you are a zeppelin exploding under your feet.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be tied
1: no. down. Yeah, mean, exactly. And speaking yeah. of tied down, <laughs> there bada- there's bing. your
0: segue. Okay, you get that segue points for this. <laughs> here, here comes Lothar. Yes, yes. Still the, Lothar up the side. Neville's most most. Fa- I mean, this guy. If he doesn't get a, a bonus at his performance review, right. I don't. I don't know. Well, unfortunately, his the supervisor is deceased. But he's just a man with a mission. When you lose your wrench, you pull out your. Uh, it would have been funny if he the way I would have written this as he flipped out his switchblade, it would yeah. have turned into a giant comb, and then he yes. would have thrown it away and reached <laughs> into his pocket and then pulled out the switch knife. That the switchblade. That's how you. That's how you write the thing. That's comedy gold, right there. Is what that but, would have yeah, been. Yeah. When he was holding
1: his it, comb, yeah. would he have looked into a nearby mirror and been about <laughs> to comb it and then shrugged yeah. because he already looks perfect?
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. That's where we go. We, ah. And still Natalie dressed, he just, uh, yeah. he, a little dusty, right. just from banging against the sides of a, of a huge Zeppelin that crossed the, uh, I would think that the, the, the outside of a Zeppelin must be pretty uh, nasty kind of place with, uh, with between the aluminum paint and the uh, impacts from different things and, and just driving through soot for, for uh, hour after right. hour, you know, and
1: so, you know, so low to the ground. And, you know, as you said, probably not a lot of soot across the Atlantic, but this thing has, has now come across the country. It would have yeah. started at New Jersey and made a tour all across the U.S. at at several hundred feet through major cities and things. Yeah, and uh, so, uh,
0: recently, most recently over the uh, desert, I think. So that would be right. a, kind of a, a nasty thing. So, there'd be some bugs and things as well. Yeah, so anyway, he's uh, he does have a good sense of humor, though. This is uh, one of the few times we've seen... Uh, Lothar laugh, good hearty laugh. Right. He, he he knows a, f- a funny situation. He just reappears, but then, <laughs> uh, but then you know the the forces of uh, the <laughs> the forces of combustion uh, combine and, and ignite below them. It's just it's really, and this of course we're watching the second Zeppelin uh, blow up. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit more next week with someone who knows much more about it than we right. do. Right, that's um, uh, that's coming up on Monday, isn't it? That's right, yeah, yeah. So so we have a don't miss that, please. Yes. But uh, yeah, poor poor Lothar. The tables are turned. It's he just looks like a like a blue Pac-Man ghost here at this point. He just uh-oh, Hunter becomes the hunted, he, and he runs and
1: runs runs, and then yeah. it's, uh, it's it's almost like Billy trying to get out of or put on the rocket pack. Suddenly, now yeah. we're fumbling with fumbling with buckles and trying to get out of this cable and stuff, and it doesn't look good. And he still oh makes God. a big grab for Cliff and Jenny, right when he's. I hate to say it, but he's sort of at the end of his rope. He was not a rope. Yeah, but yeah. He's making one big last lunge. Uh, like you said, total dedication. Then he just stops and looks down. And uh.
0: yeah, I guess he, he for, forgot how to work a belt—the the same belt that he put on. So right.
1: Just, well, these are stressful times.
0: That's true. You know? But you do get a nice—you you do get a nice countdown there as the uh, as the end. But we do know that there's 16 envelopes that are exploding so they're just all kind of going off boom 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 so you can right. count down how, how much time they've got left and and out of the sky in a big plane labeled deus ex machina is yes. a uh, is the, the mighty uh, hughes aircraft the, the, uh, slash Pitcairn. Yes, is howard uh, and pv ex machina yes
1: <laughs> as they come <laughs> come flying to the rescue that uh that that really nicely done uh mock-up of the pitcairn pca2 autogiro. and this is another another great uh, Chekhov, uh, Chekhov rule, if you show an auto, auto gyro in Act 1, you better fly it okay. in Act 3. Yes, yeah, beautiful nav light on
0: the tail there, too. So. I just,
1: um, yeah, interesting, it, The uh, just sort of the three white lights, two wingtip lights and and the light on the tail, of course it was um, it was getting to be around this time that we were standardizing on colored lights for the wingtips, uh, red for left and green for right, so that at night you can tell if an airplane's approaching you or going going away from cool. you.
0: Well, um, what what light are we seeing at second forty seven? Because I'm seeing a red light that's behind uh, Peavy.
1: And let's see, second forty seven, scrubbing to it there. So there's a there's like a position light on the tail oh, that's got a reddish I'm, I'm, glow. I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. yeah, no, you're right 40, there looking. Yeah, forty eight. Yeah, looking straight back. So it's a close up shot of PV and and Howard. We're looking straight back. That's interesting. That doesn't look as red when we see the model, but here on the mock up, yeah. it's definitely showing as red. Normally now that would be a red rotating beacon that would be on the the tail section uh-huh. of it here. So I think they've just sort of swapped that for a normal position light.
0: Uh, and how, how you've you've heard a uh, you've heard a an autogyro in action, right? Have yes, they, have I heard have. Them fired up. Do they sound like the way that thing is going? That that sound that, like is, so is it giving a helicopter sound? Or
1: it's uh, you hear the rotor now. The rotor turns a lot more slowly than a helicopter. It's a it's generally a lower RPM, like in the you know, a few to several hundred, hundred range. Surprisingly, it it still has a little bit more of a, a, even though it's not taking a very big bite out of the air. So, you know, a helicopter will change the pitch of those blades, and it's those rotor blades that are providing all the lift up and down. Um, and it's their power that's providing you know the vertical uh, the vertical lift. In this case, the auto gyro that rotor is is unpowered while it's in flight, so it's that. Engine that's pulling it through, and then the rotor spins just freely, like a like a windmill or a kid's pinwheel, and like an auto gyro. It, I, I Like yeah, I get that. exactly. Hence the name. Yeah. yeah hence okay. the name. Um, to, but there is a little bit more of a sort of a whop whop kind of sound to it. It's not as you know, it's not as full on bassy as like a Huey helicopter, but it's also not quite as wispy as what you what you hear in this scene. But then again, you know, you could never hear voices, you know, sort of yelling at each other yeah. the cro- over the cockpit. With everything else yeah. going on, so we take yeah. some, some. We only licenses. have one pass
0: at this. Uh, it's seven thirty. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Ham on yeah. rye. Hold the mail. But yeah. anyway, still, it was a it was a clever idea to use uh, to use the auto gyro like this. Um, we'll talk in a future minute about the about what it does and how feasible that would be. But but for right now, you know, it's zooming along. It is.
0: Are they? I would imagine that they would be a high drag plane. It can't can go very fast. Right. Yeah. There a, was
1: pretty much. Uh, I mean it's almost the drag that creates <laughs> that creates the lift there's a, there's a lot of drag so not only with the big spinning rotors but you know the landing gear would create drag anytime you're generating lift you're also generating drag so you've got the rotors and a reasonably substantial lower wing so these are these are not fast uh, these are not fast aircraft by any means you know top speeds of a little over 100 miles an hour 110 something like that but certainly fast compared to the you know the of helicopters, which really the first practical helicopter would fly the following year after the Rocketeer takes place. Igor Sikorsky was flying uh, his designs. The Autogyro itself really was, um, like so many things in aviation, it was a compromise, but it actually was a really good compromise between what a helicopter was about to be able to do and what airplanes could do. So an Mm -hmm. Autogyro can't really... Stall can't, and if it can't stall, it can't spin. So it's very safe in that regard. If you lose the engine, you don't glide very far, but you can descend very slowly in a fairly controlled manner and land in very very small spaces. With or without the engine, you land in small spaces. You can take off from very small spaces. Um, first aircraft to land uh, at uh, at the on the White House lawn was a Pitcairn Auto Gyro PCA two, just like this one, and that was when uh, uh, Harold Pitcairn, the Pitcairn behind the name flew to uh, collect his Collier Trophy ah, for his wow. achievements in aeronautics. Now, Pitcairn himself got uh, was building these actually under license. It's the reason it's a PCA uh, designation. It's Pitcairn-Sierva. He had a partnership with Juan de la Sierra, who's a Spaniard, who really invented the autogyro as we understand it and made the first flights in about 1923. So then Harold Pitcairn, who was already into aircraft and building things like the uh, would go on and build things like the mail wing and other traditional fixed wing airplanes. Was pretty intrigued by this. He bought the rights and set up a partnership and started producing them in the U.S.
0: I, I used to live not too far from the uh, the Pitkerin, uh, uh Well, their old their old production facilities, which are in uh, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Uh, which, by the way, the uh, the Pitkerin, uh one of their factory, their 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 hangar plants there is now uh, the Willow Grove uh, uh, Joint Naval Air Station. Uh, museum. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, there is a uh, the and the. Uh, it's bringing this around full circle to uh, Microsoft. The uh, ME two six two, whose engine sounds were used on uh, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, is parked in the middle of that uh, that particular mu- museum. Yep, great place to visit. Uh, right on six eleven in uh, Horsham, Pennsylvania. If you ever get a chance that you're in the way, at that way, go check it out.
1: And one quick minor minor clarification: the two six two they have there is an original. Um as I recall is that isn't that right? It's the original yeah original that's right. so that one was um that one was restored by a group that was also building doing new build two sixty twos so there's there was uh, ultimately i think a total of five of five brand new ones that were built with modern day engines, and we used the uh, we used that original one as a lot of photo reference because we were very lucky because the group that was building the new ones agreed to restore that original for free for the museum. In exchange for, you know, sort of the full access to it, to do measurements and make drawings and things like that, just to create the new ones. So we used, uh, we did a lot of the sound recordings with the the new ones, but then photo reference and thing came from that, uh, that original, which we had, uh, we had access to for a brief period. Um, in fact, I got very, very lucky. We just, just happened to be that area where that restoration work was done it was about 15 minutes from home for me. And just on a sunny Saturday afternoon, we just happened to drove out there wanted to see this 262 project before we started doing any work together. And just as we pulled up, that original 262 was being towed across the tarmac. And it was the really the first time that a, an original measurement 262 had sort of moved on its wheels, especially outside at an airport in, in decades. We just happened to drive up and, you know, it wasn't super exciting. It was just being towed, but it was still very cool to see the original one being moved over. And then going inside and, you know, sort of talking and making friends helped lead to that uh, partnership with the group that was building the new one. So we got all kinds of great reference there for, for the
0: Combat Flight Sim series. No, oh, It pays to be friendly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it pays to
0: show up when you're curious about something that's true yeah yeah it, it, it's it's surprising what you get to see uh i also did your version of uh flight simulator did you have a an autogyro option we never actually modeled uh modeled an autogyro
1: and and I think it's largely because of the return on investment kind of thing, it's it actually the physics behind it are fairly complex. We would do helicopters that could do auto rotation with the engine off. So in theory, most of the pieces were there, but we never did model one ourselves. But that didn't stop uh, the, the sort of third party add on community from building all kinds of them, you know, from uh, sort of superficially externally, uh, they will fly, you know, reasonably accurately sort of under the hood because we didn't really create a, uh, um, a set of systems where people could say, you know, yeah, the physics, of, the it, physics yeah. of it, make an autogyro. you know, they're sort of, uh, they're sort of cheating a bit. They're sort of taking a fixed wing airplane and then animating a rotor and giving it a really, really low stall speed and things like that. But you can still get some of the effect of it. And of course, you know, visually some of the models that, that uh, the, both the hobbyists and professional add-on makers out there were just, just gorgeous. So you can see the, you can fly the Miss Champion just like, uh, which is the one in our museum here in Oshkosh I'm sure people have done the Detroit News, which is down at the Henry Ford Museum. That one has been on display at at the Henry Ford Museum since 1933. It was just amazing. They flew it for the paper uh, for a bit. It got a lot of great attention and then said, yeah, we'll just put it in the museum. And it Ah. was prescient. It was forward thinking. It's a shame to see anything like that grounded for that long, but it beats – you know, well, let's just put it in the back of the hangar and let it rot, and then fifty years from now, somebody will want it for a museum.
0: Yeah, or the, what's left of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, there's yeah. about
1: uh, those are the two complete PCA twos that survive. There's sort of a two and a half that survive in the Canada Aviation Museum. They have one that I last I've heard was sort of a candidate for restoration, but it was. Mainly just, mostly just sort of fuselage and wheels and things. Yeah, so. Well, another great
0: reason to visit Oshkosh. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, we actually, know. I
1: think we're the only place, uh, only place I know of, we have two Pitcairn Auto Gyros. We've got the PCA-2, and then we have a Royal Air Force uh, PA-39, which is a whole other interesting story in and of itself. A slightly smaller gyro without that wing, but still, a, you know, a very recognizable recognizable aircraft.
0: Wow. Well, I guess we're going to leave poor, <laughs> poor Lothar tethered to his... Tethered to the object of his doom. Yes, as we watch uh, Jenny and Cliff run run to the tail, and and watching uh, Howard and and uh, Ambrose, as we know, yes. Ambrose, Ambrose uh, Peabody. Yes. Ambrose Peabody, yeah. Ambrose
1: Peabody Esquire. <laughs>
0: Why do they call him PV? Because they he wanted them to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because he was yeah. peeved when you called him Ambrose. I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, that could be it. We will. If if well, we we still have uh, nine days left. So maybe if Mister Arkin comes on, we can ask. Keep your fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see who turns yes. up before we end the, end the show. Never give up. But, never surrender. Exactly. Oh, that's another. That's another. <laughs> by by, Grabthar's <laughs> hammer. and anyway, yeah. by Lothar's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> what an auto-gyro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Well, let's, let's park it all here until, uh, until next week. Please do come back. Cause we have a fantastic guest on Monday and I, I, I can assure you, you will be very interested in, uh, what the guest has to say about how, how this all went down or went up. in flames, <laughs> I guess. But we'll, 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 we'll pick that up after the weekend's over. Uh, for those of you who'd like to reach out to us on social media, you know, all the places, Twitter, uh, Rocketeer Minute, Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute, the big site, Minute.com. Sign up for the last week or two of, uh, uh, of getting the subscribe and, and sent to you and you know who knows we may even have some more episodes after this show is over i'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise that'll never happen but uh we'll see we'll keep keep stay tuned and stay subscribed on itunes or on google play but uh right now we'll wrap it up for the weekend check out our twitter feed we always we always have some uh, interesting pictures on the weekend of uh, behind the scenes action and different things that uh, our different finhead friends send us But we'll pick it up here uh, next Monday on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out.